Hello and welcome everybody to the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's loaded episode, we got to recap recap our Pitcher Bet from week 16 of the NFL. Matt and I are going to go over our two biggest takeaways of the weekend. Then we got to talk about what's going on in snowy Seattle. We've got the Royal Rumble between DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson. What is going on up there? And then talking about the Green Bay Packers and Mike McCarthy. Yes, former head coach Mike McCarthy. That is the NFC championship we all deserve. And then last, we're switching things up a little bit on the podcast here. We are going to go back in time to hopefully tell the future. What we're going to do is go over the past 10 first rounds in the NFL draft and grade them. Best three, worst three, and see where we're headed with this 2021 draft class. Buckle up, play the music. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me, as always, is my co-host, friend, partner in crime out in Las Vegas. Matt Morris, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What is going on? I'm uh, back to work tomorrow, man. It's been a nice little holiday break. Hey, you had a nice vacation. We were supposed to go home, but, you know, girlfriend got COVID. And uh, for any of you listening, I'm sure this last year has not been normal, right? So. Uh, we got we did not get to go home. It was a little bit of a bummer, but uh, sometimes the world gives you what you need, not what you want. And I definitely think that was a, a case here. Yeah. And you didn't have to abandon the puppy at uh, the mm. girlfriend's dad's house for a while. Yep. And you got to train the puppy more, have a good time. So, you know, it probably all worked out. We both had uh, COVID Christmases. Both the girlfriends had were positive for COVID. Yep. Mine tested negative before Christmas, uh, the day before. Um, but I don't know. We just didn't want to risk it. So made our own ham, did the thing. And, you know, we hope all you, all of our listeners had a great time. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, These episodes will be out before the New Year's. So wish you a happy New Year on our next episode. And I think we have a little New Year's theme kind of with this draft series here that we're going to go with at the end of the episode and on our next one. But let's dive right into it. So first time listeners, what Matt and I do is we pick all 16 games over the weekend against the spread. So we picked all 16 games. And for the third effing time this year, we (laughs) have officially ended in a draw. (laughs) We both went eight and eight on the weekend. So me, Matt guest on the season, I'm winning our pitcher bet. I am nine, four and three, making you four, nine and three with we just counted it five more pitcher bets for this for this nfl season before we transition into basketball um and start really diving in over there so matt what were your two big takeaways from the weekend at in the in the nfl yeah so we talked a little bit about this uh before recording i'm actually going to change one of mine it is still different than yours but <laughs> First one is Green Bay. Green Bay plays to their opponent. We've been seeing that all season. You and I were talking while the game was going on. Yeah. Uh, you were a little more nervous than I was because yeah. I ultimately knew Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he sucks. I love you, buddy, but you suck. And uh, he proved that again on Sunday with four interceptions. But <laughs> this is something I'm concerned about moving forward with Green Bay. Uh, you know, they get to the playoffs. I know that they are the best team in the NFC. I know that. That's not a biased opinion anymore. They have Aaron Rodgers. And right. they have a roster built to succeed. 
Now, what happens in the playoffs if you do run into the 49ers? You're in trouble because right now with our run defense, it's not living up to expectation. So Packers have done this for years. They meet their opponent on the field. They play that opponent to whatever that opponent's weaknesses are. And it usually ends up in victory for Green Bay. It did again this yep. Sunday, but it was very, very close. And I just wanted to, to note that it's something of concern. It's something to we're going to have to watch moving into the playoffs. Secondly, my original second takeaway was that I think Joe Burrow has the opportunity to be elite. I'm actually going to scratch that. Joe Burrow was playing against <laughs> essentially practice squad players. Um, and essentially also single-handedly knocked me out of the fantasy playoffs. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> Um, my second takeaway is I want to see how badly COVID is going to affect the playoff picture. Rogers has already had COVID, so that's out of the way, but teams are ravaged. I mean, it's bad right now. The Ravens, their injuries, COVID, you know, the Browns a few weeks ago, it has been every team in this league dealing right. with this COVID situation. Things are changing. CDC guidelines are changing now to only five days. That's good. Testing has changed as we talked about on last podcast, but in the playoffs, this is going to affect a team. Which team mm. is it? And are we going to see a massive upset? Is it the Chiefs? Do the Bills walk in without, you know, Allen? And I do not like what I watched this last week of football. Yeah. It's not football, right? You kind of, you've kind of alluded to this fantasy season kind of being um, a wash. It's not Fraudulent. a real championship. Fraudulent. Well, I hope we don't say the same thing about the NFL playoffs. Those are my two takeaways, and um, I think the COVID one is actually something to pay attention to as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, COVID's been the story of the world for two years, right? And this mm -hmm. year, more than last, COVID is you know running through locker rooms. And I mean, I just had COVID a couple of weeks ago. Your lady has COVID. Mine, or, well, I think she's negative, but my lady um, just got off having COVID as well. So this is just what's happening right now. And you make a valid point, man. Like. If you're Kansas City, if you're Tampa, if you're insert team where your star quarterback has not had COVID yet, do you want him to get it now? Right? Like, I know, and I don't want someone to get sick and die, obviously, but like, what happens if Dak gets it? Mm -hmm. The Cowboys are dead, you know? Yep. Kansas City, Mahomes gets it. They're dead. You know, yep. the, the list goes on all the elite teams. Their quarterback gets it, it's over, right? Look at the Packers. They got embarrassed when Rodgers wasn't out there, but. Anyways, my two takeaways from the weekend, speaking of Buffalo and Kansas City, Kansas City played a game without half their roster and still dominated the Steelers. But what I think in number one is that the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts, if they are on their A game, I think both of them not only can challenge Kansas City, but I think they both could beat Kansas City in the playoffs and actually move on. But once again, it has to be their A game because Kansas City deservedly so number one seed number one team in the afc they have to be the favorites to go back to the super bowl number two is that tampa bay's luck is finally running out and i mean luck as in health shaq barrett sprained acl sprained mcl we know about fournette we know about mike evans we know about godwin right it's the injury bugs hitting them this year it hits most the league but it's hitting their stars so my biggest takeaway is Tampa wins, but now at 40, whatever he is, this is the time to see if Brady is still elite. I believe he is, but we'll find out here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I, I'm concerned about the Bucs. Um, they've gone from my number one team in the NFC two weeks ago. I still had them above the Packers to can they get out of the first round? Right. Honestly, can they get out of the first round? I'm not so sure 
as they stand right now with their roster that they can coming into possibly playing uh, the Eagles, you know, you've got a really good shot, but that final position may switch a few times. You know, the yep. Vikings are a dangerous team. If they come and take that, the saints, even with Taysom Hill, we know they have the bucks number. I still feel like that seventh seed may change hands a little bit. Um, but man, those injuries, you hate to see it. Cause again, that's not how you want to win football games. No, you want no. the best teams to go up against each other. And I just don't think this season Tampa Bay's luck's in their favor. No, I don't think so either. All right, man. Next thing we got to talk about is snowy in Seattle, my friend. First of all, really awesome, the ambiance, right? There's nothing better than a snow football game. Watching it on TV, you're like, holy shit, it's warm in my house. Must suck out there, you know? Um Seattle played the Bears, pretty much a meaningless game. Neither one of the teams had a first have a first round pick next year. But you sent me a text. You have DK on your fantasy team, and you're like, dude, go look at the touchdown DK just scored and look at the body language, right? And we're big body language guys, you know, we spiritually, all this different stuff, right? But like, so I pulled up and I look at the touchdown, and you see Russell Wilson running down, and it was a sweet touchdown. First quarter, big play. It's snowing outside, and they're going to go celebrate. And Russ comes up to DK to give him a like dap him up or hug him. I don't remember exactly. And DK just kind of gives him a little slap, you know, like, eh, thanks, man. Like, flutter, f- fuck off is kind of the vibe it gave me and we started going back and forth like is it's over out there what's going on dk or russ who are they going to choose it has to be russ obviously right what's going on in seattle what's going on with dk dude so when i saw that it was the first indication that something was absolutely wrong because i had read on twitter this past week that there had been some beef and you know that emotions were high ever since dk had a little bit of a controversy online with some dating um, but you and I have kind of talked about this and I ultimately think what the, what the beef is DK is a superstar. He's just, he needs the ball. He needs the, the target share. And Russell Wilson is not the type of guy to hand off the spotlight really to anyone. If you right. look back on the Seahawks, you know, stardom, their Super Bowl runs, it was the defense. Okay. It's not taken away from Russ. Russ is a good quarterback. The defense is good. They've got their guys. He's got Tyler Lockett. He's got Chris Carson, you know? Marshawn Lynch was a beast of his own, but like he was an enigma, right? He didn't also take away from Russ. So I think really the issue is DK thinks of himself as a superstar. Russ doesn't want anyone on that team thinking they're larger than himself or the team. And ultimately I watched that video. DK was still chirping at the DB. You know, he was, from what I could see, he was giving the DB a whole bunch of shit. And that's, <laughs> he was. that's I'm above the team, right? Russ has never played like that. Going back to Wisconsin, it's a team mentality. And if you also watch the tape, DK was wide open. Russ should have been throwing him the ball (laughs) all day long. He had separation. He has the size. He has the speed. So I think absolutely there's a divorce coming. I do think Russell Wilson is going to be the one to leave, be traded. But ultimately, I don't think DK is going to shine the way he should in Seattle. DK needs, needs to go to a Dallas. He needs to go to New York. He needs to be the guy and allow himself. He needs to allow himself to target share. And it has to be with a different quarterback. Yeah. And to counterpoint that, like I I looked at the numbers and the target share is there in Russ missed three games. Right. So, of course, um, the numbers aren't going to be where they're going to be. This is the worst year Seattle's had as Russ Mm -hmm. is their starting quarterback. So but maybe this is why DK dropped on top of the back issues. Right. Sometimes having people in your locker room that can be a cancer or divide the locker room sucks. You even think the last year. DK didn't score a touchdown because he dropped the or got stripped on the one yard line celebrating. You know, he's doing his hair, but outside of 
the personality and honestly the personal side than the straight numbers 64 catches on 109 targets 64 catches on 109 targets matt if my math if my mental math is correct that's 45 fucking balls thrown to him that weren't caught right sure we'll we'll say 20 of them may be were geno smith but i think that's still too high russell throws him that touchdown he doesn't get a catch for the rest of the game right yeah. something's wrong there something's very very wrong dk's too talented to be two games left in the season of 64 catches 846 yards and nine touchdowns the touchdowns are nice right nine that's pretty that's a solid year but this guy is a 12 13 1400 yard receiver in 18 games he's a 10 12 14 touchdown guy he should be up there in the conversation with the cooper cups the Devontae adams the deandre hopkins you know the top 10 top five guys and he's nowhere to be found. No one's even considering him top 15. I saw some stupid video on TikTok where he's like, who's your top five? And Justin Jefferson Justin Jefferson was sitting right next to him. And he didn't even say Jefferson. He said he was number two and Julio was number one. Like, that's how out of touch with reality this motherfucker is. Yeah, and, and I think that just comes with the persona that you have coming out as a rookie, right? Yeah. He keeps the list of everyone drafted above him. And right. he's always thought of himself as a number number one in the league. But when he also had the, the, the sh like shining success he did as a rookie, that doesn't help. And also, in comparison with his targets, man, Russ is not right. And yeah. it's, that's not fair to Russ, and it's not fair to DK. The balls I'm seeing out of Russ's hands sometimes, it's pathetic. Like, he's either hurt or he's... The finger. You know, it has to be, dude. Choosing, choosing that pressure is too heavy where I just need to throw the ball to avoid a sack. Like, that's a very reasonable you know argument as well. It's fair. Um, but the relationship is broken. And honestly, I, I think DK needs to go to a team where the respect is still there with the quarterback because I don't think they respect each other. And I certainly know that uh, Russell Wilson does not respect DK anymore. Yeah, or vice versa. And he mm -hmm. just goes to some team that's, you know, one of the bottom dwellers and he can do whatever he wants, get all his targets and throw a fit when they don't win, which will be every week. So um, <laughs> I like DK. I, I'm optimistic about him. It's still like he's still so early in his career. He hasn't had any of the injuries we thought he would coming out of college. That was his big knock. And, you know, it's just like I said, it's the snowdown showdown in Seattle. It's going to be an ugly, ugly offseason out there. Yeah, I think they're in for a divorce. The whole team, you know, yep. this is going to have to be a rebuild. And we're going to get to that in the draft series in a minute here. But they have a lot of work to do. Yep. Last topic before the draft is we want to talk about the NFC Championship game potential. So first time listeners, full transparency, Matt and I are Packer fans. You know, we try to do our best to be as um, non-biased as we possibly can. But, you know, we do tend to talk about the Packers a good amount. And rightfully so. They're the best team in the NFC right now. They're playing on a different level. Rodgers is the best player in football. It's not really an argument. We'd love to have that argument with you. Anyways, what it's lining up to be right now after a Sunday night ass whooping of the Washington football team is Dallas is the two seed Packers is the one seed. So, you know, all the stars align. We're looking at Mike McCarthy, who, mind you, obviously won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, but had a, a long run of success. He has a street named after him in Green Bay. I think his kids still go to school in green bay if i'm not mistaken he's a legend in green bay regardless of how you or i feel you know the letdowns the shortcomings you know he was still a great coach for the packers and i think there's nothing 
Packer Cowboy football fans in general deserve more than a Packers Cowboys NFC championship game between Mike, big Mike and Rogers. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, man, I'm hoping for it because it's going to be a bloodbath and <laughs> Cowboy fans, you know it, you know, you just put an absolute beating on Washington. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. They're fighting each other on the sidelines because they're so unhappy with each other. <laughs> um, I didn't take much from that game. And honestly, I'm not taking much from the Cowboy success this year. You said it best. How many good quarterbacks have they actually played this year? You tweeted that out. And I can't wait for the Cowboys to get to the playoffs because we will finally see their true colors. Now, again, I may have misspoke a little bit earlier. The Cowboys being the two seeds are the ones going into that seventh seed seeding. So if they get the Eagles first round, we won't see it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Um, we're going to have to wait till that second round matchup. But as it stands right now, nothing about Dallas really scares me. Zeke's not really performing at a high level. Pollard is almost outperforming him, but he's banged up. You know, you got to be careful of Zeke's knee. Dak's hitting guys that are literally 40 yards of open separation for touchdowns. Yeah. I want to see them play a good defense, play a good quarterback. And I think if they can match up with Green Bay, that's amazing for the Packers. Dak, you know, in the snow, Zeke in the snow, it's going to be very hard to build traction. That defense for the Packers might actually be able to stop the run. And honestly, I want to give uh, Diggs a little bit of a shout out. Got his 11th intercept. And like, he played that ball beautifully. Now, you're not going to be able to play those balls against Aaron Rodgers. You're just not. So I'm hoping this is a matchup that we see for the simple fact that I like how the, the Packers match up, and I would love to see Big Mike come home. You know, Same. like this is something that we wanted to talk about a little bit too, right? The instability of the NSC East. I think that's going to change. Mike McCarthy is known for consistency. They have a good roster. I think for the next few years, you're going to be talking about Dallas in this position of going to a championship game. But when you have to go up against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years, at least, it's going to be a dogfight. No doubt. And um, didn't you say the Cowboys were going to lose like one game this year? Didn't you say that preseason? Three Three games. I said three. And you're going to come out here and say that you're not scared of the Cowboys. That's hilarious to me. Honestly, Mm. it really is. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I, I would argue the Cowboys have a top five pass rush in all of football easily. And that's their biggest strength on defense. And I agree with you, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is playing out of his mind. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit of a hater. You know, he has had some thrown right at him, but you can't deny 11 interceptions. You're you're just an absolute asshole if you're going to deny that. 11 mm-hmm. is mad numbers, regardless. Um, yep. Dan Quinn, probably the higher of the year. You know, Joe Barry, probably the second best hire of the year for the Packers, but he has implemented that Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boone Boone defense phenomenally, right? Elite pass rush, good linebackers, and a good secondary. The problem is, and I still wholeheartedly believe this, is the Cowboys secondary is not good. And it's a lot better, and Diggs and the boys have done a lot better because of that pass rush. Parsons. Shaq Lawrence, uh, excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence, and then um, Randy Gregory. Unbelievable. All Pro Bowl players, obviously, right? So I think that's their biggest advantage. But to what I tweeted, to what I was arguing with Cowboy Nation on Twitter last night about, you played three quarterbacks this year. They played Mahomes, they played Justin Herbert, and they played Tom Brady. They lost two of those games. I know the scores weren't exaggerated. You know, they didn't get blown out but they lost, right? You can't come to me and tell me you've beaten Jalen Hurts twice. You've beaten Taylor Heineke twice. 
that you probably I think they played the Jets. The Jet they played their schedule's been soft, but they don't make the schedule. It's not their fault. And with that being said as well, I think Big Mike deserves credit for coach of the year, too. You know, Dak hasn't played that great. Their defense, their special teams, and good coaching is what carried them. Dak, they went into Minnesota be and beat the Vikings without Dak. Don't forget, right? All that stuff adds up to where they are now. They play the Cardinals this week. We'll get into the, some of the matchups next week. But I think overall, getting back to the topic here, Mike McCarthy in Lambeau Field in January for a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I think that's almost as good as Brady Belichick Super Bowl. Honestly, like I know that's kind of a homer take, but big Mike in the house to send Aaron Rodgers packing maybe again in the NFC championship game. You can't ask for much more. And I think Rodgers would light him on fire. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not even talking about packing. You're talking about possibly shipping out, right? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Send him home, send him to a new organization. Just like Rogers shipped him out. Uh, absolutely. But to your point, <laughs> I'm not scared um, because this Cowboys team has actually underwhelmed me this season. They have actually fallen short of my expectations. As we <laughs> yeah. just talked about, they have one extra loss than I predicted. Um, I expected Prescott to play better than this. I expected Cooper yeah. to be better than what he is. I expected Zeke to be better than what he is. I did not expect Tony Pollard to possibly be a guy that could start in the league. And he is uh, lamb has not lived up to my expectations. The defense has overperformed my expectations, 100%. but again, against bad teams they had a soft schedule this was forecastable it was easy to look at this schedule and say hey the cowboys might lose two three four or five games like max because their schedule was so easy and i I think come playoff time we talked about that with byu you got to be trial tested you got to go into battle and you got to push yourself against the best the packers have played good teams right no doubt bucks have played some good teams the Chargers have played good teams. The Chiefs have played, like, the list goes on. These contenders, they've mm-hmm. played teams and they've won and they've lost. I want to see the Cowboys. I want to see what that happens in the playoffs. If they come to Lambeau, it will be a bloodbath. 100%. I think one of the Packers' best stats this year so far as a team, regardless of, you know, the close wins, the questionable losses, is 4 0 against the NFC West, 4 0 against the AFC North. I mean, does not get much better than that. And, their big loss to the Chiefs was with Jordan Love. So yeah. big, big numbers and big arguments for for the Packers over the Cowboys. So I'm going to pass this next part off to my co-host, Matt Morris, here. What he did is go over the past 10 years of NFL first-round drafts and made your own parameters, which you'll go over, graded them, and we're just going to discuss it. So, Matt, I'll hand the mic over to you. Tell the listener about what you use to grade these different draft classes, and let's roll with – let's start with the worst ones first, and then we'll go with the three best. Yeah, so it was a little more challenging than I originally expected. I assumed there'd be an article out there talking about, (laughs) you know, 10 best, you know, years of the NFL draft and good and bad. There wasn't. So I went on to pro football reference and I went year by year. I made my own criteria. That criteria consisted very simply. I wanted to gauge the first round on either a hit pick or a dud pick. So my hits are going to be based off either a player having an all pro season, one, one Pro Bowl appearance, or having five years as a starter. I felt like if a player had gone out and started for any organization for five years, you know what? They were probably worth a first-round pick because, honestly, how many players make it three years in this league? (laughs) Right. So it's the truth, though, right? Five years, and I think um, 
Jabiri Pepper for the Giants is a good example of that. He will be going into his fifth year next year. He's not an all pro. He's not a pro bowl player, but he's a starter, you know, and Cleveland took him in the first round and didn't look like a great player his first couple of years, but he actually gets as a hit pick for me. But we're going to start off. We're going to go with our worst years. And God, you and I talked about this <laughs> off air. These years were bad. So I have 2013, 2014, and 2015. We're going to start with 2013. 2013 had 17 hits. That's pretty bad. That's one of the worst that we had over the 10 years. Uh, they had five players in this draft class actually in the first round become all pros. That's also not very good. And out of their top five picks, two of five hit. This, when we went over each player, it was just atrocious. I'm going to yeah. give you the names that we kind of talked about as the best players in this class first round again. Uh, that would be Lane Johnson for the Eagles. Has been a starter, has been an all-pro, has been a Pro Bowl player. Very good offensive lineman. DeAndre Hopkins. We don't need to say much more than that. Right. Travis Frederick for the Cowboys. I think his career may be over with the issues he's had. I haven't really checked in on that situation since last year when he was hurt, but he was an absolute dominant center. And then finally, this is a 2021 edition. Cordell <laughs> Patterson is on this list. Yep. And I think that needs to tell you all you need to know about the 2013 class. <laughs> so pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump to 2015 because our 2014, you and I really went in depth with and kind of dove into. 2015 was ultimately the Winston Mariota class. So they started off, they had 19 hits, which is pretty decent. Um, only four of those players actually ended up becoming pro bowlers. And they were two for five in their ultimate top five. Winston obviously busted out, in my opinion, Mariota and uh, Dante Fowler, who really never lived up to expectation. But the top names in the 25 class or the 2015 class, Amari Cooper, uh, Leonard Williams, who has kind of rebounded and found his way. Todd Gurley was fantastic. Got Melvin Gordon, who definitely put up some productive years and is now stealing carries from our boy Williams <laughs> um, and Marcus Peters. So there were some decent players, but nothing outstanding but it, it, it falls off a cliff after mm. those guys like it really does leonard williams is pretty good too but other than that it's it's rough it's bad it's bad i mean think about it four players all pros that's that's bad you draft these guys in the first round because you expect them to be superstars no that's, doubt there's no way around that um and then what we'll, let's circle around back to our 2014 because you and i really really dove into this i'm gonna call it a bust for one specific reason the top five was bad. <laughs> now, you said it while we were doing some research before the podcast tonight. I think it was seven through 17. It was seven through 17 was mm -hmm. incredible. Read off the top five, and then I'll go. I'll talk the seven through 17 because it's it's remarkable. Yeah, so our top five, Javion Clowney, you and I talked off a little bit. Coming out of college, we thought he was going to possibly be, be the best player we've ever seen right. in our lives, right? Uh, Greg Robinson was taken by St. Louis at the time complete bust for the most part. He was yep. a starter for five years, but he was never lived up to expectations. And then you have Blake Bortles for oh, Jacksonville, oh, oh, right? Oh, oh. Our boy who yeah. had a couple of really good years, had some good years in garbage time, but never, ever, ever lived up to a top three overall uh, pick. No. Sammy Watkins in at four. And Sammy Watkins, in my opinion, was also a non-hit. I mean, he did start for six years, so he kind of gets that uh, positive hit mentality, but I didn't actually qualify him for a top five overall positive pick and then the best pick here was Khalil Mack obviously coming out of uh, Oakland there at five unbelievable player yeah 
Yeah. It's wild because you had Mac at five, which is great, right? But you got uh, there's only one from seven to seventeen that sucks, and that's Justin Gilbert at eight. But you have Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, uh, Zach Martin, and C.J. Mosley. That is stacked. But then you go eighteen to through uh, thirty-two, and the only I consider you know maybe hit is Teddy. Right. And that's it. So like this, this class goes from high highs to like the floor. You know what I mean? It's bad. It's bad. And it's, it's, it's unexcusable to really think about. Um, so let's ride into the top three, the best three draft classes over the past 10 years. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep the absolute best for last because that's something that we're going to have to dive into. We're going to start off with 2012. So 2012's numbers, they had 22 hits very quality. I think that's actually the height of everything we've seen for the last 10 years. They had seven players reach all pro and then two of their five picks were of the top five were good. Um, their busts in the top five were Matt Khalil, who actually has had an okay career, not an all pro player by any means, but he's survived the NFL. Justin Blackman, you know, DUI issues, alcohol coming out of Oklahoma state. We thought, Hey, this kid could be Des Bryant esque. Right. You know, this kid could be the real deal. And then, you know, Trent Richardson, and it's hard to call Trent Richardson a bust because what the Browns were able to recover for him from the Colts, I think it was a <laughs> second round pick. Um, it was very good by, by the Browns, but those three players, they just didn't live up to expectations. And we've kind of talked about this drafting a running back in the top five, whether it's Leonard Fournette, Trent Williams, or Saquon Barkley, it just has not worked. Yeah. Um, some of the names from the 2012 class, Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Luke Kickley, Stephen Gilmore by uh, at the time it was uh, Buffalo, Buffalo drafted him. Buffalo, yeah. yep. Fletcher Cox for the Eagles. Uh, Melvin Ingram, I think it's a massive hit for the Chargers. He was very productive. Chandler Jones for the Patriots, yep. uh, and then you have Harrison Smith for the Vikings. So definitely a positive draft class. Again, though, Justin Blackman really hurts. Trent Richardson hurts. <laughs> yeah. uh, 2017 is going to be our next best draft class. Uh, this was going to be 19 hits. And then you had four players reach all pros, excuse me, 17 hits, eight players reach all pros. They were two for five in their top five. And this is a little bit uh, recency bias. I think we still have some time to see some of these players reach all pro potential. You know, we have the names of Miles Garrett, Fournette, as I had just mentioned, Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Marlon Humphreys, Tredavious White, and this year's probable defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. Yep. Yep. So big names. Uh, I mean, this is this is fantastic. This is what you hope a draft class could be. And Matt, you and I talked a little bit off air. What did you see from this draft class? Well, I mean, you've got generation talent. Like that's that's something that jumps off the board, right? And you look at a class like the Winston Mariota class, you know, even Jadavian Clowney, you look at all these guys and you're like, this is going to be it. This is that class. And it just doesn't work out. I mean, you got Pat Mahomes, you know, Deshaun Watson, regardless, whatever goes on there. But you know, whatever you want to say about Jamal Adams, he's an elite player. He's a sixth overall pick for sure. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, Marlon Humphrey, even Evan Ingram. You know, I think he's made a pro bowl or two. Tredavious White's elite and TJ Watts, arguably the best defensive end in football. So, you know, just out of, out of a first round grade, it's incredible, right? And even the misses, I think that's what makes it more powerful. The misses aren't even that bad. Right, a miss in here is Mike Williams. A miss in here is Corey Davis. A miss in here is Adoree Jackson. Right, some of these guys are still very good. They just didn't grade out. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? It, it was it was kind of hard for me to put 2017 into the classification of best when we look at the 2015 because they're very similar. Uh, top top heavy in both classes was not something that could be said, right? Trubisky was taken, Solomon Thomas, like you said, and right. Corey Davis, but because of the generational talent in Pat Mahomes. I mean, let's Miles be honest, Garrett, Trubisky ruined it. That, he, that, well, he fucked it. That's what he that's did. what happened. That's that's yeah. what you, he's the two pick. You have Mahomes in that top five, or Watson, or both. This is probably the best class of all time, or yeah, in well, the last ten years. That's a good segue into the 2011 draft class because, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, um, 2011 stacked. was a it was stacked, and so there's a little bit of bias. It was the first year I looked at when I started this process, <laughs> um, but when I was reading these names, I was like. Oh my God, it just got better and better and better. So they hit five for five in their top five. I just want to say they the idea of that. hit seven for 11, eight for 10. I mean, it, nine you for couldn't 11, go wrong. It's insane. You couldn't go wrong. So right. I'm going to read off the top 10 for you. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, who Marcel Darius was a beast yeah. for Forgot a while. about him. Beast. Um, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson. Julio Jones, Alden Smith. Now, again, Alden Smith might be a, you might consider him a bust. The kid was an absolute freak. Yeah. He only downplayed himself, yeah. right? Like, I mean, him he and said bomb in an airport. He's an idiot. Yeah. He, him and, uh, that Patrick Willis, Navarro, boom. I mean, they beat the Packers single handedly. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I agree. Then at eight, Jake Locker, right. but Fuck up. it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Tyron Smith for Dallas Elite. at nine Whew. and tens Blaine Gabbert. So we're already seeing the quarterbacks. All right. I, I skipped it. The next one's JJ fucking Watt though. I don't <laughs> let him like, come on, man. Come yes, on, man. hundred percent. So the 2011 was my best five for five. We just said out of the top 11, I think we missed two. Yeah. Um, out of their, out of all of these players, this is a absolutely like astounding stat, but 22 <laughs> hits. Yeah. And I want to say they had 11 all pros from this class, 11 all unbelievable. It's insane. Now, again, we kind of talked a little bit when I was going through this Cam Newton for me, originally, I was going to say, Hey, you know, that's a miss, but he led him to a super bowl. He was an MVP. He's an all pro three time pro bowler, nine year starter. Yeah. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else is. He's not Tom Brady. Nobody else is. So this class for me was truly special. Um, and we're going to talk about this on future episodes as we transition and become something different. But we talked off here. If I were a general manager, I'm trading out of the first round. But 2011, that year scares me because top 11 picks. That's you know, where you look like an picks. asshole. That's, yeah. that's where you've you got look, all that's where of you famers. Get fired. Yeah. That's 100%. where you get fired. But in the league, Absolutely. you could draft Mitch Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes, and regardless of how that went down and transpired, and keep a job for five years. So it's 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 insane how the NFL works and how every organization is different because the fact that you still continue to make excuses and it's finally going to happen this year is mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's a, That's absolutely. a fireable offense. I'm sorry. Next year, Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl, you're fired. Well, and this is this is a, a topic that it's hard because I've mentioned to you, it's bias, right? You see a guy that you like, and right. we did this with our draft series. You, you just fall in love with him. <laughs> it might just might just be the way you know he runs his offense and it fits your scheme. It's very hard. You have those blinders on, and I think that was something that Trubisky really fell into. The Bears loved him. 
And I said to you too, what if Trubisky doesn't go to Chicago? More importantly, what if he's not coached by Matt Nagy? Yeah. You know, it could have been Mahomes in Chicago. And we could be talking about how the Mahomes is the biggest bust ever. You know, he's he sucks, like doesn't know how to operate an offense, can't throw downfield. In an alternate reality where the other Spider-Men live, that's happening. Mahomes is on on the Bears. But in reality, I think it's more of a fireable offense to keep Matt Nagy around. He destroyed Trubisky's career. Ultimately, 100%. as an NFL starter, he's destroyed everything he's basically touched there. The general manager and him need to go. You, you, you messed up bad. And ultimately, I, I don't think Nagy has an offensive coordinator job even after this season. No, no. Like, congrats. You made the playoffs fucking once, dude. Mm-hmm. What a joke. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate all of you. Like Matt and I were saying, we're going to do some stuff a little different here moving forward. Um, we're going to te- keep diving into these draft classes. We're going to dive deep into the 2021 class um, coming up here on our next episode. We're going to go over Brady and Rodgers, their legacy, how amazing it really is that the two old guys in the league are still the best. And then, of course, we're going to go over our picks, do another pitcher bet for the weekend. We're coming in on the second to last week of the season, highlight some of the better games going on this weekend, and we will start picking next episode. You all can find us on social media, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. We'll see you guys Thursday. Cheers. Cheers.